Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and with me as ever is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. And hello to our listeners. And any strange noises in the background, there's a 90% chance they're made by Buddy the dog. Yeah, and a 10% chance. I'd say there's a 7% chance they're made by me, <laughs> and a 3% chance they're made. 2% by you, and 1% by other otherworldly forces. Yeah, ghosts. Well, or aliens. Ghosts or aliens, yeah. Um, this is a podcast about films for the uninitiated. Um, uh, so we're, we're going to talk to you about films old and new. Um, you actually went to a sort of one-off specialty uh, screening recently, didn't you? Mark? Yeah, we recorded our last podcast before the uh, horrific week for British culture, <laughs> cultural figures, yeah. i.e. the really sad um, deaths of David Bowie and Alan Rickman. And probably, uh, judging by the way it's going, by the time this comes out yeah. so you, on Friday... There'll be at least another 10. Another 10 or 12. Yeah, it's been a terrible year. But I went to... Um, I was a big fan of David Bowie growing up. And then uh, I also was a big fan of Labyrinth as well, which a lot of hardcore Bowie fans poo-poo is sort of a kid's thing. But I think it's brilliant. And the thing is, I think... Um... You know, if if you're into David Bowie, really, you should be into his music. But it's a fantastic performance, and I think what Labyrinth did is it was a gateway to a lot of kids then getting into his music because he was already so prominent in their minds from yeah. their childhoods. Yeah, I went to a screen, a late night screening of Labyrinth, which the Picture House Crouch End did for after coming to my favourite cinema. All proceeds go into um, a North London hospice, hospice, which I thought was really great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was really nice seeing an old film at the cinema. It's it's just quite, and everyone there was really well behaved and yeah. polite, and sort of dancing in their seats when the magic dance come on, <laughs> and chilly down when the the fire gang. Do you know that one? With the, yeah, 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 yeah. With the fire gang. I love that. Danny song. John Jules. Um, yes, he was the voice of Is one of the one of the fire gang. Um, I went to a masquerade ball uh, screening of Labyrinth a number of years ago. Was it good? Yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. That would be a good secret cinema one to do, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it'd be fantastic. They probably will now. They'll probably do that all on Alan Rickman one. Yeah. Um, also, of course, Alan Rickman as well. Just two... Sh- I mean, it's odd. I think it's, I think there was such a shock, those two, because they were still creative. It's and relatively young, you know, 69, both yeah. of them. But, um, I mean, David Bowie's uh, film career is quite interesting. 
Uh, starting really with The Man Who Fell to Earth, the Nicholas Rogue film. Have you seen that? Uh, I've only ever seen bits of it. It's absolutely stunning. It's sort of, it is like a dream, and, it, you know, it's Nicholas Rogue amongst his best. But uh, I've I heard an interview with David Bowie recently. I mean, lots of old interviews have been re released uh, on telly and radio and stuff. And he was saying how he was completely out of it whilst filming it, but he was well behaved. You know, he turned up on time. And Nicholas Rogue would just say, okay, look left. Look right. Okay, walk out the door. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He was just, and, but you just you get this very dreamlike quality because he's he's just got a presence. I think that's the thing you've got to say. Why are those two so popular? Is they've got that charisma that no one else. They're totally unique and really charismatic yeah. figures. And you've got to say that. And Rickman was funny. Rickman was well, so brilliant. Funny. But I, I truly mad it deeply. I think is other than the annoying bloke uh, spoilers at the end. Um, well, during the whole thing, that well, annoying black. I mean, I, I love that film. It was great. So do I. You sort of do want her to kill herself and end up with Rickman playing his cello again. Yeah, it's um, no, truly, madly, deeply, he's wonderful. I mean, he his film debut was Die Hard in yeah. his in his forties. That gives us hope, David. It does it really does? Um, but I rewatched Galaxy Quest recently. It's good, isn't uh, it? It's such a good film. It's underrated. It's because it's daft, and it, it almost belongs in the eighties as a high concept. It's thing. half comedy, half. It's not ever. A f- it's still loving of its source material. It's, yeah. It is a comedy whilst not taking the piss out of fans of Star Trek, it's which got, is what it's I about. I always think the comedy's got a storyline that holds together. Yeah, yeah, totally. And <coughs> him as Dr. Lazarus, well, the actor who plays Dr. Lazarus, is just... Uh, the withering looks he gives, it's just superb. And it's a completely different comic character to, say, the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robert of Prince of Thieves yeah. that I loved when I was a kid. And he is ripping the scenery apart in that one. But yeah. it's great, it works, you know? It's it's great. Um, it's a, And a tragic loss, really. Um, David Bowie mostly remembered for his cameos in things, I would have thought, in terms of film and Labyrinth, of course. But, but both just totally unique. I was watching him in Labyrinth and I just thought, you don't have to do anything. Same Van Rickman, you don't have to do, you don't have, you've got, you just have to talk. His, both of their voices as well, the tone of their voices, yeah. are both beautiful voices to listen to. A lot like... Um, Ours. Yes. Yeah. Because um, I'm a lot like Alan Rickman. Yeah, um, and I'm a lot like David Bowie. David Bowie. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they'll be sorely missed. Um, I'm actually doing a uh, benefit uh, concert. when I used David to do, Bowie? Yeah, used to do a show called Karaoke Circus. It's been about three and a half years now, but it's uh, live band karaoke where invited comedians come and sing, but then members of the audience can get up and sing as well. And we're doing Bowie-Oki Circus on and the who, 11th of who, February. What comedians are going? Uh, we're not allowed to say. It's always kept a secret, so people aren't buying tickets to see one person. They're coming for the event itself. Well, but you can tell me afterwards, yeah, right? I can tell you afterwards, yeah. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, but that's on the 11th of February, and you can uh, you can it's at Bethnal Green Working Men's Club, and it's going to be a really fun night. And all proceeds from that are going to cancer research. So. Okay, well let's um, so thank you, um, David Bowie and Rickman, for your cinematic contributions. Thank you, uh, Marek. And you, arts contributions and arts ones too. Uh, Marek, you've been to the cinema this week. Yes, I have, and you were right about the uh, Hate for Eight. Because you said, oh, I, you said it wasn't being shown at the picture house. That's and, right, um, yeah. 
it, it only been shown at some big because it's filmed in seventy millimeters or something like that. I seventy mil, yeah, which is twice the normal mil. Double mil. Double mil. Um, so I was very much looking forward to this. I've heard good things about it um, before it was released. What hap- what is Hateful Eight about? Um, it's based Kurt Russell. I can't remember the name of his character. That's all right. He's Kurt Russell. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with a little bit with uh, Tarantino is that he uses the same actors so often yeah it's, and ask, Samuel... asks for the same performance from yeah although that said Samuel L. Jackson does have a very different performance in Django Unchained yes yes you're right I was going to make that point uh, oh sorry on. no no but you, I think it's a really good uh, point so well done um, Kurt Russell plays John <laughs> thanks John Roof and he's trans- he's like a bounty hunter this is set in the wild West days, I don't know when it is, 18 something or other. And he's um, transporting um, Jennifer Jason Lee, who's playing Daisy Domagoo, to uh, the town to stand for trial. So they get, and he always likes to transport people alive rather than killing them. So that's they his face, thing. Yeah, that's his. When on, it says dead or alive, he prefers alive. On the way, he bumps into some people. At a lodge in the snow. Where it's snowing, so he finds a couple of stranded people who join him in his his, his um, carriage, or whatever you might call it. Yeah, what do you call that? Uh, trap. In your trap, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, they just get in his carriage. Yeah, they yeah. They don't travel in convoy. No, 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 no. Okay. They join him, and he ends up, at, uh, because the weather's so bad, they have to stop at a lodge. And that's where I'll leave it plot-wise. Now the it sounds like a bottle episode largely is the whole thing set in that lodge pretty much after that initial thing you've described. I would describe this. I do not think this is any people say this is a genius film. I I can't understand why it's up there. Really, Tarantino's great. It's just my favorite. I said this before countless times. I think Tarantino um, is a brilliant director of scenes. Uh, so my, I, I always use Inglorious Bastards. Like I love the, uh, the the first scene in Glorious Bastards. Incredible, and, incredible scene. And the um, scene in the bar scene uh, are two of my favourite ever scenes. I mean, th- but those are the ones that are the most like plays. But even, and that's it, what people have said about Hateful Eight. Is again, it's like a play. Well, the good thing about Pulp Fiction, he sort of made the sort of genre like a three. He sort of got to be a, almost like scenes within a film. Yes. And managed to stick it together, having a whole three-part thing really suited his style of filmmaking. It seems to me lately that he loves the Mexican standoff. He loves that sort of, uh, you know, uh, characters in a yeah, sh- yeah. in a shootout thing. Is just to get to that point. Well, in, he loves he loves tension in a small space, but he loves. That tension being provided mostly by guns and eyes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I just don't think this film is about three hours long. I fe- I almost fell asleep in the part of it. The build up, it's 187 minutes long. Yeah, the build up is far too slow. The characters are playing people like Samuel Jackson. It's just think, oh, I've seen you do this a hundred times before. Yeah. I'm not really. All you're doing is just. Oh, graffitiing or, or, or spoiling your previous performances by repeating the sort of uh, slightly worse echoes of your great performance in Pulp Fiction. Mm. Um, 
Jennifer Jason Lee's brilliant. I mean, the acting... And he's not used her before, has he? Yeah, but I don't know why he uses uh, these same people. He always uses Tim Roth. He always uses, you know... Tim Roth seems to be doing something different in this one, though, from the trailer, yeah, at least. A bit... Uh, he's at least doing a voice. Yeah, Michael Madsen, he's sort of doing... Yeah. It just feels like, don't use these same characters if you want to make it feel like a different film. Tarantino, I've read, uh, is talking about adapting Hateful Eight for the stage... Um, yeah, it's a play, but it's just not. It's it's just it just feels like it's one scene. Right. It feels like it's a half an hour program that you could have made into. But I don't know what he's um what he's doing. Right. I mean, they did something similar in Django Unchained. I mean, the dining room scene in Django Unchained is very long. Yeah. And too long, in my opinion. It didn't feel exciting, or you know. Like oh, it keeps going. It goes over here, and then it goes over here. What's gonna happen? I was I was a bit bored by yeah. that scene as well. But you're right. I mean, Inglorious Bastards has the best examples of this, and Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Um. But the others, uh, where he's tried this, of you know, yeah. Some of the characters, or some of the performances, are just pantomime performances where you think are you playing this for comedy mm. and he does that a bit this sort of that, and that sort yeah of... he's always had that sort of heightened comic book aesthetic yeah. but I think it's a it's a difficult line to tread without getting rid of any true jeopardy and tension in your piece mm. and I think he treads it perfectly uh, or rather his ensemble tread it perfectly in Inglorious Bastards that first scene is quite comic in in Inglorious Bastards yeah. where because we'd never seen Christoph Waltz before. And so his whole smiling villain was brilliant. Now, I think Christoph Waltz has had less impact with every subsequent role because yeah. he's done the same thing again and again. Um, but that first time we saw it, he's so good as that character. And, and, think, and you're terrified of him because you do not know what he's capable of. I think if, if this was unknown actors, it would have a bigger, much bigger impact. But you've seen all these performances before. Yes. You've seen this. You've seen the sort of gnarly Kurt Russell. We, we know we can do. You know, we've seen definitely seen the Samuel Jackson thing before. It feels like we've seen the Tim Roth, Roth and the Michael Madsen thing before. You know, I just, I don't. I think he's got really loose with his filmmaking. Yeah, that tightness of his early films seems to be getting more and more sloppy, and they're and they're long. You know, they they do seem to be longer. And a lot, hundred eighty minutes. Yeah, for a bottle episode. Yeah, I mean that's it's just too much. Maybe he wants to make it feel claustrophobic, but I didn't come away thinking. Well, but the story needs to warrant that length. You know? Yeah. If, I, if it if it could be done shorter, it probably should be. He's still good. I'm only being critical because I think he's a genius filmmaker. He's really shaking things up. But I just with Django Unchained, you know, that felt sloppy and loose. Yeah. And and, and nothing. I thought I've, well, I've sort of seen a lot of these things before. Yeah, yeah. I like him. To, I think he's creative enough. To think of something new, like Jackie Brown, I really enjoyed. I like Jackie Brown, and that grows and that grows on you the more you watch it. I think Jackie Brown suffered from the fact it came after Pulp Fiction, yeah, that had been I, so exactly. genre defining that people just went, "Oh, this is a bit more like a traditional movie." Just like, but yeah, he, but it's he, a great one. If he did Jackie Brown now, <laughs> yeah, it would get much. It, Jackie Brown's better than these films. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I've not seen this one, but yeah, so I, I give it six Marics. I just think you know, I always enjoy his films, but it's just oh, it's a long. I'll watch for more of the same. Right. Okay. Well, that's Hateful Eight, Six Marricks. Um, have we... Uh, you know what? Yeah. I think it's time for this little number. 
such a lovely piece. <laughs> it's a lovely piece of music. I never get tired of it. So who's written in, Marek, and what do they want? A uh, regular writer in. Fran Jolly has written in. Um, um, and he's said in the voice of a royal butler, please. A royal butler? Good afternoon. Hope you're, you all had a wonderful New Year's Eve and Christmas. Uh, it's a bit, it's been a while. I would like to know what films you're both looking forward to and dreading this year. I think you should watch Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, as it was easily one of the best films of last year. I watched Clue again over the holiday period. It has one of my all-time performances in a film, with Tim Curry playing the butler Wadsworth. There is a rumour they are remaking the film, so who would you cast in the main roles? Here is my cast, dream cast, list cast. Wadsworth, Simon Pegg. Mr. Green, Brian Cranston. Miss Scarlet, Nicole Kidman. Mrs. White, Mindy Kaling. Mrs. Peacock, Amy Poehler. Colonel Mustard, J.K. Simmons. Professor Plum, Tom Hiddleston. And Yvette, Scarlett Johansson. Keep watching the films. Francis, in the voice of Royal Butler, please. Um, well, that voice got Buddy very excited to go yes, and attack Marek, yes, so that was fun. He's on so my chair now. I hope you were listening uh, during that. Who Clue. is Mindy Kaling? Mindy Kaling is from the Mindy Project, and she also writes and is in the American office. Oh, right, calm down. She's very good. Um, it, Clue is a fantastic I haven't film. seen it. You haven't? Well, you should see Clue. I put that on your list, because uh, it's... It's one of those sort of rare gems of almost postmodern comedy where it's it is a murder mystery. It is Cluedo the film? Yeah. But they they do the. Is Michael Caine in it as Colonel Mustard? Is that right? I don't know. Um, who? Uh, it's got Christopher Lloyd in it. It Martin Mull. Martin Mull. Okay. Uh, Michael McKean, who you may know from uh, Spinal Tap and. Uh, Better Call Saul, amongst other things. Also, Short Circuit Two. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a very funny film. It's great, and it's got that multiple endings thing that then Wayne's World did. Um, but uh, yeah, recasting it. We should play that for the casting game one day. But after you've seen it, I think probably. Yes, please. Yeah. Has anyone else written in? Yes, please. Yes, please. They have. <laughs> All right. Yes, please. Who who's written in? Yes, please. Ben Evans. Oh, Ben Evans. Um. He 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 wrote the song, didn't he? Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Here's his letter. Still life. Hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, just got round to watching Still Life, an amazingly well film, well made film. Sorry, perfect sound, brilliant colourist, and subtly beautiful story. A long way off of some of the latest stuff from the Disney umbrella. Although, saying that, I watched Say, Say Mr. Banks the other day and actually made me cry. Shh, don't tell anyone. Still Life remind me of two things. In some way, two things. A film called Skeletons, a brilliantly weird film from 2010 about two oddball exorcists. A film that always stays with me, perhaps yeah. in a similar way to Still Life. Um, and a computer game called Dear Esther. He said it's not really like a computer game. Well, I'm going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> so I guess Still Life will stay with me, like two other things. Anyway, thanks for the recommendation. Thanks so much for your kind words about my silly jingle and for playing each week. Keep watching the films. We love the jingle, Ben. We love it. We, um, uh, yes, still life. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to that episode, 
film starring Eddie Marsan, a very uh, sweet and slight British film, but uh, it's well worth a watch. And Skeletons. Skeletons, not heard of that. It's Have a look brilliant. At that. I know the people who made it. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm friends with Andy Buckley, who, who played, who's since lost a lot of weight, who plays the big ginger um, guy in it. Um, and they play two uh, sort of exorcists who go around people's houses and remove the ghosts, but it's really quirky. And Ed Gochen, Gochen, I can't pronounce his name, who's also a very nice man in real life, he's, he plays the other um, uh, exorcist. It's like a low-budget British film come out in 2010, and it's thoroughly enjoyable. So I recommend watching Skeletons. Um, I've no doubt you will enjoy it if you want to see something a bit different and a bit of a uh, British film. It's probably on uh, Netflix, but uh, it probably isn't. <laughs> I'm just looking it up now to see where you can find it. Um because I've not heard of it. Is is it sort of gone under the radar a bit? No, it's when that came out they um it was really well received. I think it won some awards. It was nominated for a BAFTA. This app says you can get it from iTunes, Google Play or Amazon. So there Well, you go. it's worth a watch if you want something a bit different. Okay. Okay. Right, has anyone else written in or is that the letters? Wait there, I'm going to get another one up now. Yeah, someone's written in. What do they want? And who are they? It's Rob Scott, and he wants it done in the style of Christopher Walken, which I guess means you. <laughs> Does that mean me? I've not got a Walken on me. Uh, okay, Christopher. God, this is going to be embarrassing. It's because it's an impression lots of people can do. Yeah. I've no idea how I do Walken. Well, let's see what comes out. Dear David, Merrick and Buddy, having completed my New Year's resolution to catch up with Kung Fury, genius, I went on to watch something similar which was recommended to me, Turbo Kid. Kinsade was a thoroughly entertaining mashup of 80s nostalgia, from genre staples to geeky references and trauma-style ultra-gore, shot in a style similar to early Peter Jackson, Bad Taste, Brain Dead. Its tagline, Mad Max on a BMX, pretty much sums it up, although not quite as tongue-in-cheek as Kung Fury. It nonetheless has a handful of laugh-out-loud moments. Would love to know what you guys think of it if you've got round to seeing it. Afterwards, check out Manborg, an even more OTT homage to 80s ultra-violent exploitation movies described in a review somewhere as the sort of film that Sharknado wishes it could be. Agree with David that Sharknado doesn't work because they're trying too hard just to make a bad film. Cheers, guys. Happy New Year. P.S. If chosen, please read in the style of Christopher Walken. Uh, I sort of didn't understand most of that email because of the Christopher Walken. It got in the way, to be honest. Turbo Kid. I've not seen... Oh, look it up. Yeah, yeah, Turbo Kid. Um, And, uh, yeah, what else was I saying? (laughs) I haven't a clue. Uh, yeah, no, Turbo Kid. Uh, if you like Kung Fury, you probably like Turbo And then Manborg. And Kung Fury's on Netflix now, so you can watch it in its full glory. If you're if you, on Netflix. And if you, as you probably all bought it to watch Making a Murderer. Yeah. 
Uh, so Man Borg and Turbo Kid recommended, so maybe track those down. Well, that's enough letters for this week. Now, uh, we're not going to talk about a second film because uh, the Oscar nominations have come out, haven't they, Marek? Yes, and the nominations are... <laughs> the Big Short, <laughs> Bridge of Spies, <laughs> Brooklyn, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> The Martian, <laughs> The Revenant, <laughs> Room, <laughs> Spotlight... Is that all of them? I have seen three, four. I've currently seen uh, five of these. So you, uh, you, um... I've seen the Big Short, which I'll talk about next week. Yes. Bridge of Spies. Yes. Uh, unimpressed. Uh, overrated. Brooklyn. Now, I don't understand why they picked Brooklyn over above... Carol when they were came out at a similar time, and Carol's and better received, wasn't it? I think Carol's a much more interesting film. Right. Interesting. Well, I mean, it, it, all all these things are sort of... They're all politics, aren't they? Like, they're all politics. And it's exciting to see that they've actually put Mad Max Fury Road on there. Yeah. Because really, they don't ever go for action films. Well, interestingly, as, as best film, like I would sort of understand best director uh, because uh, the ability to film action is a skill and, uh, and one that seems to be lacking in most action films. But um, no, very interesting that they've nominated it for... I mean, they don't tend to do action or comedy as 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 best movie. And, and the Martians there, um, the funniest film according to the Golden Globes, it won best comedy. It's not. I just really urge you to read the book. The book is a fantastic book, and I don't think the the film captures the the uniqueness of the book. I've also read Room, the book before. Oh, have you? Which is I really want to see room. That's the one everyone's saying is is the best. I've heard the rumblings. I've heard is that room is is the best of that lot. Uh, and I will be going to see the Revenant. And yeah, and yeah. Well, I tried to go and see the Revenant this week, and uh, I went to the Picture House Central. And stupid me, because of my uh, because of my self employed comedian's lifestyle, I'm really not used to uh, differentiating between a weekday and a weekend. So I ended up going to a central London cinema on a Saturday night. Oh, Dave. It's my own stupid Oh, David. Fault. But I'll tell you what I did see, Marek. I'll tell you what I did see. What did you see? Um, I, it was sold out, so I didn't get to go, and I had to put my revels back. But uh, what I did see was uh, Eddie Redmayne wandering into the cinema to go and see The Revenant. Wow. So he got a ticket. He booked ahead. Clever man. He's competition. Yeah, but he was going to a central London cinema on a Saturday night. That's, that's crazy. Weird for me. when he has a film out. That's a bit weird. For, I think it's because he Eddie Redmayne has been nominated. Um, his film did not get nominated for best film, but he's been nominated best actor um, uh, for the Danish Girl, along with Matt Damon for The Martian, yeah. Ryan Cranston for uh, Trumbo, Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah. son for The Revenant, or the Bear Rape movie, and Fassbender for Steve Jobs. Okay, okay. In the ladies category, ladies for best ladies. Uh, Kate Blanchett for Carol. Brie Larson for Room, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, Charlotte Rampling, 45 years, and Cersei, I can't say it, Ronan for Brooklyn. So who, who's who got it in your view from that list? I haven't seen Room. You I've saw heard, Joy though, didn't you? I thought Jennifer Lawrence, is, is, she's brilliant. I thought Kate Blanchett, her character in Carol is so standoffish. Right. And so, um, What's the word? If you're just you keep you retain all the emotion quite uh, stoic. Yes, that is harder to judge. But there are moments of 
it, uh, Carol stayed with me, whereas Brooklyn, I think, is forgettable. Um, I, I want to. I've heard great things about Brie Larson in Room, and I want to go see that. I did when I saw. Uh, 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 should we talk about supporting actress? We won't go into it's, it's a name. A lot. Of, I mean, Carol's been nominated for Best Actress and Supporting Actress, and you know. The, the Danish girl's got the best actor and supporting actress as well. Alicia Vikander. So, yeah, so it's odd they've not been nominated for um, that. Carol's not been nominated for the actual yeah. uh, Oscar. Well, who knows what's happening there? What about best director? Who's been nominated there? Best director. Looking it up now. Oh God! <laughs> what? I'm trying to find it on the, this. The is it not page. an important category? Is it not quite high it up? It should be near the top. Yeah. Do, do, do. This is uh, okay. Adam McKay for the Big Short. Yeah. George Miller for Fury Road. Yeah. Um, Alessandro Gini in R2 for Revenant. Lenny Abrahamson for Room and Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. Okay. I don't know Spotlight. What's Spotlight? Absolutely no idea, but you can go and find out yourselves. I mean, you don't think we're going to tell you everything about uh, about films, do you? This is, is that what not... you want? Every single bit of information. This isn't spoon feed. Fandango. Oh, I know what it's about. I've looked it up. All right, it's about the uh, Boston Globe journalist investigate a cover up of sexual abuse within the Roman Catholic Church. Sounds like a laugh riot. It's got Michael Keaton and Mark Ruffalo and Rachel McAdams in it. Right, okay, and Stanley Tucci, who's in everything. Well, that's about it then, isn't it, I suppose? For this yeah, week. I mean, I'm, I, the Oscars is the Oscars. I don't think we're particularly sort of suckered into it, are we? I mean, it, God, it's a boring TV show. I um, just think this this year's, from what I've seen this year's lot, it, it is one of the most disappointing bunch of films yeah. in, in recent years. Yeah. I mean, I mean the I worst film to ever get nominated was Lincoln, which was awful. <laughs> really, really, no, and one. No, the uh, was uh, Gags of New York. I think was worse. Than oh, Lincoln. okay, but um, I don't. For me, nothing I've seen has re- in recent times has really stood out. No, no. Well. Uh, if you'd like to send us your Oscar predictions, we will be having uh, our Oscar, uh, what do you call it? Competition. Guessing competition. And what do you win? You win a certificate, uh, a Film Fandango certificate that you can print out. And you thought that was a shit prize, but then you saw it and you changed your tune, didn't you? Really? Only about three people have won this. Yeah, yeah. Cause... I think two people won it the first year and then no one really got it right. Yeah. Last year. So it's big stakes, guys. Your name will go down in history. You have to get them all correct. All correct. Otherwise, no one gets it. Best film, best director, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, and best supporting actress. And if you can get the full six. And best costume. <laughs> yeah. And best visual effects on a children's animation. No, just those, for, just those the big six. six. And then if you can get those, then uh, you win the grand prize. Um, that's enough for this week. Yeah, uh, that's We enough. will be back next week. If you'd like to write to us and send in your predictions or just talk to us about anything else, then please do so. The email address is dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. If you find anything online that you'd like to post and share with our listeners, then do it on our Facebook wall, forward slash filmfandango, or you can just tweet us at filmfandango at Marek Larwood or at Mr David Reed. Oh, it might be a good idea for your Oscar predictions just to put 
Just send them in an email called Oscar Predictions. Yeah, that's a good Separate to the letters. Yeah. Dearfilmvandango at gmail.com. Also, we do all of this for free, so if you'd like to contribute towards our running costs, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And everyone who has done, thank you very much. We'll be back next week keep. with a special guest. Oh, keep. keep watching keep. the films. Yeah, nah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.